Hello and welcome to the first episode of Cinematics. This is a long time coming, but our podcast is finally up and running. Uh, we will not leave it another year before we do another episode, so we will continue. Anyway, I am Carlos. I'm Stephen Flanagan, and we ha- we we are looking. Oh fuck! Shit! I'm still getting we're still getting used to this, but we had not like written notes from like a year ago to do this and life as as everyone knows gets in the way so we are yeah. back at it now we don't know where the fuck those notes are either uh, but some good ideas yeah there were some good ideas but anyway we'll you know we can use them to service other ideas that come up later but anyway on the agenda today is what well the first few things that we have to look at is the obviously the first Thor Ragnarok trailer which dropped I think about two days ago Star- oh yes give me this movie now please <laughs> You're really excited for this, aren't yes. you? Yes. The next, yes, I am. the next one is something that's actually currently currently going on, which is Star Wars Celebration, and Star Wars like is in every movie fan's kind of next kind of movies that everybody has to watch. That's right. Uh, the new <laughs> Detroit trailer, the new movie from Catherine Bigelow and John Boyega, also a Star Wars alum. Uh, Beauty and the Beast cost a billion dollars. I suppose not that was a surprise. That's really not a surprise, especially with, with Disney. Uh, trailer for Hitman's Bodyguard, another comedy. Ryan Reynolds, uh, Samuel Jackson, just same motherfucker for the whole for the whole trailer. It's great. Uh, the new Labyrinth movie, which is not a sequel, or it is a sequel, but it's not a remake of the original Labyrinth. So David Bowie still exists as the Goblin King, or like he, like no one's gonna try re- remake that. So it's it's like a sequel, but not a sequel. It's set in the same universe. This is what one would call a rebookquel. A a, a, a requel. A requel. Oh, okay, that's better. And uh, finally, on today's agenda is Guillermo del Toro talks with Lucas Films about Star Wars idea. Maybe Jabba the Hood. We don't Ooh. know. But uh, first, before before we get into news, like we're gonna kind of talk about like how, like how we got into how we got into movies and like how we got to to the point that we are now making our own podcast. So, Spanish, do you want to do you want to take this? Yes. Uh, by the way, I just have to say that um, he will call me Spanish for the duration of these podcasts because that is in fact my nickname because I am in fact Spanish. So anyway, we don't hold it against them. Yeah, that aside. Um, yeah, I, I think it started where, where a lot of people start, um, is with Star Wars. Um, but the main one for me actually was Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings was, this defined my childhood. Um, I remember I was, I don't know what age was, I was like five or six when the first one came out. That was, that just so set me on got the, the got the ball yeah. rolling. Um, I mean, I watched... The original Star Wars trilogy, I was a, I was a tiny kid. Still am a tiny kid, to be honest with you. <laughs> a um, tiny man. I was a tiny, tiny, even tinier man uh, watching the, the Star Wars um, original trilogy on VHS. That was... That, that, wow, that's, that, that's, that, that's, that's what, deep cut, man. That's what did it for me. You know, <laughs> that, that got me into everything, you know. And funnily enough, I'd never seen them in English until about the age of 15. So there you go. Sweet. So Yoda was always a little tiny Spanish dude. <laughs> anyway. Uh, he could have been any Spanish man. Whose syntax was also always fucked up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, it was Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. That's what got, it, got me into movies. And, you know, it led on into, you know, 
I bet I guess this generation Star Wars, which is Harry Potter. Harry Potter was another one. Um, I think this generation Star Wars is Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars again, it's back. Like, but um, yeah. Just, just for the record, before we continue, like we are during this podcast, we are also watching the Star Wars celebration live stream, just in case the trailer I have, drops. I have my eye on the Last Jedi panel because I want to see this fucking trailer right now. So anyway, so bear with us. <laughs> yeah, uh, my eye will keep flicking back to the to the thing, and I will lose concentration. But Stephen is here to reel me back in. Anyway, where was I? Yes, uh, Harry Potter, and I got into like the, the, the meat of cinema. Yeah, you know when I was young, because my parents are big movie buffs as well. So my father got me into Scorsese. My mother introduced me to things like... Um, I think it was your mother that got your, got your dad into Scorsese with Goodfellas. That, yeah, that was it. My mother got my father into Goodfellas, yeah. Well, was, never admit it, though. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was more than, you know, watching shitty Arnie movies as well in summer with my parents. You take that back. Shitty Arnie movies are great. I say shitty because they're shitty, but they're fun, <laughs> you know? But yeah, that, that's 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 my story. And then obviously to where we got to now with the podcast and was um, we listened to uh, Collider Movie Talk and the Schmoes on YouTube and we loved them and they are an inspiration mm. to us. I you guess. want to you want to emulate them? Yeah. Um. But also, I did this in college. <laughs> Yeah. I record. It kind of happened for me, funnily enough. Like I, like I had seen, I'd seen Star Wars and all when I was younger. I saw Lord of the Rings. I loved Lord of the Rings and and Harry Potter. Like I liked the films. Like they, they were kind of they're up, they're up and down very much for me. Yeah. Like they, like they weren't as consistently good as like the Lord of the Rings were. Like you know, one, two, and three. Like they persistently just just got better. Mm-hmm. But uh, I only started getting into like movies, like just as a as a whole, when I was like. 17 16 17 because like, i started paying attention to all the the marvel movies like because they're all interconnected so i always wanted to kind of keep a uh, keep up to date with like the different characters that are going to be involved in future films and like mm. who were they bringing on so i started kind of following like news outlets i started following movie news before i started following movies which is it's kind of strange because you think it would go go the other way so i started hearing about like all these all these new upcoming actors and directors and and was people. that just Based on like the Marvel, does that just come from the Marvel movies? Yeah, because like you see, um, like in like in Winter Soldier, uh, Robert Redford came, comes on, and, like, yeah. it's Robert Robert fucking Redford. Yeah. So like, and you you start seeing these people come on Anthony Hopkins as well, and like you start seeing these people, and then you kind of you kind of work backwards into into the into the lexicon and um like so, and stuff like that, and then like as you're following news outlets for Marvel news, you start seeing things for other news like articles for other news like uh actors and actresses like getting on board with a certain with a certain project or leaving a project and stuff like that so I started getting very inter- interested in that and then I started going to see more films like more Oscar films like even the last two years you and me have done we've done like we what we call like the Oscar run the Oscar run so like every, like the two or three weeks leading up to the Oscars like we binge all the Oscar films uh, as quick like in as short as, as short a span as possible and then like we all we all watch we sit down and watch the Oscars this year hopefully there's not as much of a controversy as there was as, as well this year I'd just year. like to point out that uh, Stephen went home two seconds before Moonlight actually won the Oscar uh, and I was cleaning up all our shit because you know we watched the Oscars in Ireland so it's fucking five o'clock in the morning here before they give out best Stephen picture. was fucking tired Stephen was fucking tired <laughs> so Stephen went home as soon as La La Land uh, got the Oscar you know in inverted commas um and uh i was cleaning up the pizza boxes and the beer and whatever we were having and uh 
He went home, and then I rang him. We done fucked up. <laughs> we done fucked up. <laughs> Something, something's wrong here. Uh, but yeah, that was that was a funny. Yeah. That was a funny. So like that's kind of like how how I started going into it, and then like obviously. Uh, me and Spanish have been friends, like really cl- kind of close friends for the last four years, and we kind of gotten that's like that's how we actually kind of had the the stepbrothers. Like holy, holy shit, did we just become best friends, yeah. mum? Because we like we like we had similar kind of tastes in movies, so like we bounce off each other, and like we always uh, like recommend the different uh, different films. So that's kind of how, like how I got to this. So like I'm, as they might say, like the Padawan to Spanish's ma- uh, Spanish's master because he he was teaching me the ropes. He was sending me back in time to like all the all the old films like true like he showed me like true romance the green mile like like all like shit like that and what was marissa tomei uh my cousin vinnie my cousin vinnie yeah. so like like all like all classic not well, classic and in inverted commas he's already showing me like classic all movies in my household you know like all these movies were movies that i watched growing up and um because me and my mother primarily we used to do the oscar run Every year since I was about 11 or 12, uh, I think, was when I really started to get into it. Um, and, yeah, I just, I finally found a friend who was just as much into movies as I was. and uh, Kind of snowballed from there. Yeah. Just downhill. <laughs> All the way downhill. Knowledge I passed to you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just kind of just, like, just a recap of, like, how we got here. Obviously, we're not going to have, like, such a long, in- like, intro, but just to kind of... Just well, feel for who we are. Yeah, just a little foundation, just like how, like how how we got here and like how we plan to like proceed. So like we'll start with like the first topic, which is like I know Spanish has been dying to talk about this since since drop, which was goddamn right the Thor Ragnarok trailer, which is the it's it's not even it's not even the first or second film out this year. It's the third one. So like it's you have the Guardians of Galaxy yeah. is in two weeks. Spider Man Homecoming is in two three months. It's July three months. Yeah. yeah, I know that because my thesis is due the day after. Well, the day before, sorry. The yeah, it's a good way. It's a good way to celebrate. Yeah. She get really, she get really drunk, and then go to see Spider-Man: Homecoming. <laughs> and then November is Thor Ragnarok, and like no one knew that this trailer was dropping. Like it kind of like usually there's a bit of, there's a bit, a bit of promotion saying like oh like uh, watch the space like usually like a little five second teaser or something, but like no it just kind of just just dropped out of nowhere. Yeah. So like, what was your initial reaction to it? Well, my initial reaction before even watching it was. Um, it it resembled sort of a I, I had I had come home from the gym and uh I put my phone onto charge right there behind me and then I saw oh Stephen Flanagan has texted into our WhatsApp group um a YouTube link. So I clicked on the link, oh what's he sending us today? Some some funny video probably. And then I see Thor Ragnarok trailer and I lost my shit. I genuinely it resembled like a, a hyena squeal. You know, and I was like, ah, it's funny because uh, you're the size for one as well. Yeah. So um, yeah, I watched it and it was it was epic. It was amazing. It was better than I thought it would be. Uh, I love the colors. I love. Yeah, it's really it is, it, like the, that's the one thing that you do not take yeah. notice about is that the colors just they just pop. Yeah. Like it's just it's always yeah. like so like just the colorful aesthetic. Now it's kind of a bit to be expected with like uh, with someone behind the camera like Taika. Taika Waititi. Taika, yeah, because like he's a very he's a very different uh, director like um. Hunt for the Wilder People is such a it's such a strange yet like it's like it's a very lo- lovable yeah. movie and like like when he was brought on initially I was just like this this is this this is a good one like we won't a, go as far to call him a hipster but he oh, but he is his own he's his own he has a style yeah what, he has what a would, quirkiness what would Roger Mark Burnett tell you he's an auteur yeah yeah so like yeah. he's kind of like he's his own style and I was just like this would be brilliant because he's weird Thor is meant to be weird like he yeah. deals with some weird weird shit. 
Yes. And I think it's just it was just a nice it was it was, it was a nice marriage of the two. But the, I wasn't as fond of the trailer now as you were. Right. Because like I did like I was I was glad to see it because I'll eat up any of it. But you yeah. know I'm not totally I'm like I'm not totally blind follower as well. Like I did I did feel it was it was very similar aesthetically. To Guardians. to Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, like, this is something that like, seems to be a general consensus online. Yeah, it is. The, I know, like, like, I'm not saying I hate it because it looks like Guardians. Yeah. No, but you know, it's there. There are similarities, like, because like Guardians of the Galaxy is very is very colorful as well, yeah. and it's not that it's not that I'm worried, but it's just it's just a it's just a critique. Yeah. But you have like the cast that they built for this is ridiculous. You've obviously Chris Hemsworth coming back, Idris Elba is coming back. You have you've Kate Blanchett who just gets younger every year as she gets older. Like, it just, it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. You have... Uh, she looks pretty sexy as hell, i got to say. Yeah, damn, damn son. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's uh, like, like <laughs> just for the record, she's like in her 50s. <laughs> yeah. She looks, she looks right. younger now than she did than she did in Lord of the Rings. Sorry, but uh, there is currently a Last Jedi trailer Shit, happening right now. Wait, how do you pause it? Well, goddamn, we had to cut our podcast short there for uh, a couple of minutes because um, they just dropped the Star Wars Last Jedi trailer. Goddamn. That was pretty awesome. But, you know, we can't, like, we're kind of halfway through a news topic, so, like, we'll, we'll, we'll be finished. We'll finish, we'll finish talking about Thor before we... Um, before we move on to, you know, like, the yeah. Star Wars. Because that, that actually kind of goes into the second top, topic anyway. But uh, what we're saying is, like, oh, like, just, like, they've, they've built such casts as, like, like I mentioned, uh, you've Chris Hemsworth, you've yeah. Idris Elba, you've Kate Blanchett, you've, you've, Jeff, you've Jeff Goldblum in this film. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he's playing the perfect character for Jeff Yeah, because he's just so... Just, it's just yeah. Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> and then... You have, you have Tessa Thompson, who's kind of broken out in the last kind of year or two from yeah. Westworld and Creed. Creed, so like she, like she's just popping up everywhere. And like she's, she's, she's a great talent to kind of add to, add to Anthony. And uh, you've Car- you've Carl Urban, who's uh, obviously AMR from 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 Lord of the Rings. He's playing, he's playing Scourge. So like, you've like you've all these kind of uh, kind of a mixture of new and old characters and like. When you're watching the film, do you kind of like like does it add to your excitement? Take away from the excitement? Obviously, but you, I can probably guess. Oh, it adds. It adds to it. It adds to it. It adds to it greatly. Um, like I have <clears throat> obviously discount on Avengers: Infinity War. Um, I have basically two movies that are the the two that I'm looking forward to most. Yeah. And it's Thor: Ragnarok and Black Panther. Yeah. Those are the two that I want to see. Those are the two that just look the coolest to me. And two are just, probably arguably the best casts as well. Yeah, <laughs> even the Black Panther cast is amazing. Um, but yeah, it it this trailer. Um, I mean, we all knew we were going to get a little bit of Hulk. I didn't think we were going to get that. Yeah, that the, like cool. the, it, it was great when he came out. It was just like there was introdu- it, like introducing him, and you just see Thor just kind of going, yes! <laughs> yeah. He's like so happy to see yeah. him, where everyone else is probably terrified. And like it just like it shows also that like because like I don't think he gets enough credit for it. Like, but Chris Hemsworth has like some amazing comedic timing. Oh, Chris Hemsworth's comedic timing is brilliant. And I don't think they exploited it as much in the first two yeah. Thor movies, which I'm a fan of. I love the first Thor, the Kenneth Branagh one. The second bit meh the second it's, one. It's a, step, it's a step down. It's, it's enjoyable. Still enjoyable. I'll happily sit down and watch it. Um, but like you've kind of Branagh, which who directed the first one. He's yeah. he's he's from stage. He's from the, like theater. Well, so like and or he was from he was from theater. Yeah. I think he kind of go dips in and out yeah. uh, from time to time. So like, but you got you got his style 
because it was very it was very theater theater like it was very Shakespearean yeah, with, movie as well, yeah, yeah with the dialogue and just yeah. just a story you've got Alan Taylor who's known for Terminator Genesis the, the, the less said about that movie the better yeah and like but he has done Game of Thrones as well and like a, maybe he just wasn't the right fit yeah but, well no scratch that no he just he wasn't the right fit but you know he delivered a decent like you know, I enjoyed like, the movie it was a nice little it, it was a segue into the phase two yeah of the, you'll, like you'll take yeah. it it's not it's not gonna be it's, top three but then they've got Taika Waititi who's like who's known to be able to tell a story and is just a funny funny man like even if it from a, from his Twitter like he's yeah. like when he was when he was brought on I think was it was it him that was when he was brought on he started tweeting all the other Marvel directors oh, James Gunn and, and he's just like so like do I have to introduce the purple guy or like how many explosions <laughs> do I have and stuff like that and like they're all and they're all kind of having banter over Twitter yeah. and all that so like that's just the type of people that you want to yeah. insulate yourself with especially like in a in a massive kind of company like that you're just yeah. very creative and funny people but uh, the main thing that was for me about Thor was that I've been reading and you know. Feige has been saying Kevin Feige has been saying that uh, you know Thor Ragnarok will be for phase 3 what Winter Soldier was for phase 2 a complete shift a complete you know a, a different direction a new direction like a revamp for Thor yeah. you know if, it's, if, if it gets even like halfway to what Winter Soldier was especially yeah. in a shift yeah like tonally like that's that's that only spells good things because like I was like I'm a fan of the first Chris, Chris Evans Captain America film. I like it. Yeah. It's like don't like the montage. Not yeah. gonna, like you know, but yeah. no, not no film's perfect. But the step up from from the first Avenger to the Winter Soldier and like like even I was laughing when they brought on the Russo brothers. Like, was, yeah. like oh, the, guy, the two guys from that from did, the community. Yeah, yeah. Did, that do do comedy yeah. and even on his trailers kind of uh, like rip into it. It's just like it made you all think. It's like holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> Captain America kicks ass. I'm going to add, though, that uh, the Russo brothers went on to Screen Junkies and watched the Honest Trailer for Winter Soldier and critiqued it themselves. <laughs> like, Honest Trailer, their Honest Trailer. <laughs> yeah, so, like, it's... If it gets even, like, halfway there, like, it, it, like, we're, like we're, we're in for a good time. And, like, as, like, as yeah. everyone always says, like, in, in Kevin Feige, we trust. Like, he knows what, he, he knows what he's doing over there. And he's, a lot, he's in a lot more control for phase three than he than he was for phase two because of yeah. like promoter and stuff like that but, but the, the thing is as well uh, to finish up on Thor is that um, they shift tones in their movies but they keep the same base characters yeah, traits, yeah. And, like the know, same characters but like maybe just kind of hiding away the weaknesses and kind of accentuating the, the, the strengths because yeah. like, yeah. like when you like when you take like some of the best moments that Thor has across all his films aren't necessarily the action set pieces yeah. it's the it's the it's the funny jokes like even in the like it's it's the, it's the comedic time and especially like in the first of like uh, the first avengers film yeah was like uh when they were they were giving out about loki's brother and he he goes to defend them and you know he's reminded like he's killed yeah. 80 people in the uh, yeah. in three days and you like just just very quick off the mark is like oh he's adopted he's adopted <laughs> yeah. so like just like and they're all like especially with the hulk and thor like when like during the battle like everything kind of calms down for a second he just punches them he goes flying through the flying through the wall so still one of the best moments yeah it's, it's like it's great moment. so like they're kind of accentuating his strengths and hiding by the weaknesses and gradually kind of just changing the tone into like a it's just a slightly different direction or putting it into, it into a different light but that's enough for, enough about Thor anyway because for the moment because there'll be more traders there'll be more news to drop out like as, as the weeks and months go yes. by but well Stephen 
our second topic was meant to be Star Wars Celebration. And like we have in the show notes is like thoughts on the panel yesterday, which we'll kind of get into in, 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 in a minute. But the second thing we had written down was predictions on today's trailer. Now, predictions goes, goes completely out the window because we've just seen the trailer. Scrap that shit because we just saw it. Like you had to stop and like you can hear me, you can hear me swearing at the end. It's like, how do you, like, how do you, how do you, turn, how do you turn this <laughs> off? Because we had to see it. Now, obviously, like, I'm going to go to you first. What did you think of the trailer? Now, it's, it's a teaser trailer. You don't get much story. It's not a full trailer. About two minutes, a minute fifty. Yeah, it's not a full trailer. Um, it's exactly what I expected. We didn't get much. It's what we need. It's just, it's a teaser. It's exactly that. And it, 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 it teased me. Yeah, it, it, like, it tickled your fancy. It tickled my fancy. And I want to see more. And that's, yeah, that's, that's all I can ask. Um, it has more dialogue from Luke it than it has in the last film. <laughs> that film was like yeah. two hours and ten minutes. Yeah. Well, Luke has more lines in this trailer than he has done the last 30 years of Star Wars movies. <laughs> um, but anyway... That was an interesting line. Um, like we'll, we'll, we'll get to the line at the end. At the end. Yeah. We'll, we'll start because like it initially opens with Ray obviously in the middle of her training. Like there's some beautiful shots of Skellig Michael, which yeah. is obviously filmed here. But um, like it shows distance, like from her training and from the distance, you see that like she she has the lightsabers and she's. We're gonna get a rocky montage of her training. Yeah, I'll I take it. Guarantee it. If they put in, if if they put in journey, I'll be happy. It'll be funny. It'll yeah. be funny sell. Yeah, Luke Skywalker rocking out the journey, but um, shows her training, shows her kind of messing around the forest. You see the rocks kind of kind of floating floating around the place, and that's it. Like you know, it, it, she's talking about the light side, the dark side, and you hear Alec, uh, you hear Alec Guinness in the background, yeah. only very faintly. You hear Yoda in the background, very faintly. Mm. Darth Vader's breathing. Like all just just kind of little kind of not Easter eggs but little kind of kind of nods here and there kind of yeah. pushing the story and then it kind of goes into like what a, a teaser trailer usually does it goes it's like kind of like first like twenty seconds is very very specific and then it goes into montages yeah. of everything and we got montages of everything yeah we see Kylo Ren we see Finn not looking great Finn looks looks to be in deep shit um you have Paul Dameron you have you've the back you've the the back of uh, General Leia, yeah. Carrie Fisher, and we have space battles, and we have space battles. We have space battles, ladies, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, yeah. and they look they they look absolutely amazing. Because like now, this movie was originally meant to be coming out next month. Next month, so but it's then, finished. It's like it because it because it, it looks finished. Yeah, like it because you see some trailers coming out and you're kind of like, oh, the CG's not kind of quite finished. Yeah. This film is finished and yeah. it's it's packaged and almost ready to go. But yeah. because of the amount of money you made at Christmas two years ago with Force Awakens, they said no, Christmas is. Christmas is our market. We are in December. Yeah, it's yeah. it's 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 understandable, but um, has 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 everything. Ends on a particularly interesting note. Yes. Now this is this is from Luke Skywalker who kind of talks. He's talking about. Uh, he's talking to Ray about the about the Force and what uh, what does she feel and stuff. And then he ends with a very interesting line, which is, is like, "I know one truth. The Jedi have to end." Yeah. Now this is coming from someone who was. As Yoda even said to him, he goes, "When I die, the last Jedi you will be." Yes, and he he wants out, as it looks. Now, what do you think about that? I think my initial interpretation is that he is maybe suffering from some sort of, you know, um, PTSD type thing yeah. from you know Ben. Ben, ben Solo uh, turning. Now Ben kind of yeah, like now Kylo Ren did a. Did a, an Al Grandpappy on it, yeah, and like because like Luke initially 
want to restart the Jedi. Ben Solo was obviously was obviously part of that along with other kids. And when he turned, he he killed off the rest of them. So you know, I suppose Apple doesn't fall too far from the tree in that regard. So like maybe like is he, is do you think it's gonna be one of those situations where like he's just fed up he like he just can't go through it again and then that's why Ray comes to kind of reinvigorate him or do you think do you think Luke is just like I can't do this anymore? I mean we can only speculate at this point, uh, but I think it's just a culmination of everything, everything and what he's been through and then Kylo Ren becoming Kylo or Ben Solo becoming Kylo Ren. He's maybe lost faith a little bit, and I think maybe an arc of the movie will be Ray restoring his faith in the Jedi Order, the Force, or whatever, and maybe that'll be you know the rebirth of yeah. the Jedi. You know, like maybe it's even one of those things where like maybe the Je- like the Jedi need to go away, or he thinks that the Jedi need to go away, or like that they're finished, or maybe just the aspect of the Jedi need to go away, or maybe even even change because like yeah. they're very they're like. Like I think even George Lucas kind of based them off the like the, the Knights Templar, where like you take you take a, a certain oath, you protect you you protect everyone. You can't have you can't have families, which was obviously a big a big arc in the prequel uh, prequel trilogy. So maybe like it's just this doesn't work. It evidently yeah. does not work. Yeah. It's fundamentally flawed. Like I'm out, and then Ray comes in and kind of maybe change his mind to like try try it differently. A do a new path. Yeah, yeah. kind of like maybe. Kind of just a rebranding, as one might say. Something that kind of Pepsi needs at the moment, but how never. <laughs> Let's not get into that. Yeah. So, like, it, it does leave... It, it leaves it leaves you with more questions than answers, but it leaves you, like, suitably kind of... You're okay now. Like, you've got your trailer. You know, like, it gives you another thing to talk about because another trailer will probably come out in July. Yeah. Probably around... Leave it another two, three months, we'll get another trailer. And then you get the final trailer probably around September, November. So it keeps talking. What what else do you think, or like what what do you think everybody's reaction is going to be to the trailer? For me personally, I mean, it wasn't as impactful as Chewie uh, we were home. You know, it didn't have that like nostalgic feel. But obviously, the first it, it was a long time. It was uh, it was thirty years. Yeah, to be fair, um, prequel not time. But um, but let's not go there. <laughs> um, I really like Revenge of the Sith, but anyway, like the, anyway, let's not go. Conversation down. for another day. That's another day. But um, actually, no. Just sorry. Just, no, just on that. I think a lot of people hated the prequels before Force Awakens came out because everyone thought that was it. That was that it. was all that was the Star Wars we had. Because uh, but then once Force Awakens came out, and then they realized that like, they're gonna get a lot, a lot more movies. Then they kind of they look back on them with fondness that may have not necessarily been there before because they thought that was the definitive end to like what they were getting. So I, I grew up with them as well, and like I loved them when I was a kid, and then as I got older and I watched more movies, you understand. I understood the mistakes and the you know the the flaws that they have, but I still think the Revenge of the Sith is a very solid movie. Um, hey, the wooden acting and you know, well, it's, 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 an ar- it's an argument that's been, that that, yeah. that that's been done to death. But yeah. but anyway, um, this trailer. I mean, yeah, I loved it. I loved every minute it of it. It did what it needed to do. It did what it needed to do. I mean, I'm not entirely blown away, but I'm satisfied. I have my Star Wars craving satisfied, and that's for that's another I, couple of months until yeah. it build, until it builds up again. We need to let it rebuild again. Yeah, again, that's that's kind of like it's an it's an ebb and flow kind of thing. Like yeah. you give a certain amount, you wait, you give a certain amount. Now, just before I move on to the the Detroit trailer, yesterday there was a there was a. There was the panel, which was the forty years anniversary 
panel yes. of, of Star Wars. Now, like you and me, we, we, both, we both streamed it, but obviously we were together uh, doing it. We kind of watched it around separate things. Like, how, like, how did you feel watching it? Like, from like the beginning to the, the, the tributes in the end to the, the jokes with Warwick, Warwick Davis and stuff like that? I was almost tearing up at certain points just with the nostalgia of everything and the fact that, you know, everyone... Who, anyone who was anyone in the Star Wars world contributed in some way to this yeah. and uh, you know when it started when, when it began you started to you, start, you did start to feel a little bit emotional and then with the Carrie Fisher tribute and then when John Williams came out and played the music uh, yeah, like I, no one knew John Williams was coming yeah. like like Mark Ellis like one of the guys from Collider that we, that we listened to made a very good point John Williams was there with a 30 piece orchestra and no one noticed. And How no the hell noticed. do you hide th- a thirty-piece orchestra <laughs> and not not one person copping on? Because like when he came, like because like basically for those who who don't watch who ha- didn't watch the stream or watch the video when it came out was that they had the stage, they had the they had the, the chairs all lined up like a like a like a normal uh, panel. But then as everybody left, like the latest theme was playing in the background as the tribute was playing. But then the curtains behind just. They all like it started to move, and then you see an orchestra, and then you're kind of like, "Holy fuck, that's John Williams!" Like John, John Williams, like John motherfucking. Williams. Yeah, that's it. like, and I have a feeling that's just when everyone just lost, just lost their mind and started bawling their eyes out because like it's yeah. John Williams playing like Leia's theme for for Carrie Fisher. And, like it was just like it was, it was, it was really, really emotional, and like there was no movie news, no anthem, but like it'd be, I'd feel remiss, especially because. It was yesterday. There's the first episode to not talk about the long-standing uh, contribution that Star Wars or even George Lucas has had to cinema. Like he said yesterday, that uh, like that he created digital digital film. Yeah, he basically <laughs> yeah. did. Yeah. He's like he's not. It's it's not hyperbole that he that he's speaking. Like he mm. like say what you want about about the prequels. The prequels are beautiful beautiful films, yeah. and like mo- the majority of it were like was a was a, a CG. So like. Yeah. Like with ILM and stuff like that, like it's all like he, he like he's not just the guy who did did Star Wars. Like he's he a did, revolutionary filmmaker. He did yeah. like he would he'd almost be for film he for film he was what he was for film what Steve Jobs was for tech for music and yes. for for tech for for technology in yeah. general. Like they were two very sim very very similar people, very idea driven, very stubborn to the not to a fault, but like. The, he's the only way to come. To, they're the only comparison. It's a, recurring, to make. it's a recurring theme with these, you know, revolutionary geniuses that they have clear flaws and they're so visible. But it, they, it doesn't, doesn't matter, matter you when know? you're winning fixes everything. Yeah. So like, no, yeah. if you're an asshole, it doesn't matter as long as you make billions of dollars or your, your ideas work. Yeah. But um, like you have Harrison Ford, which was, he was the first time he was ever at at celebration. He was yeah. in good form. He was yeah. a, he was in flying form. Yeah, normally he's quite grumpy, isn't he? Yeah, he's just, he yeah. cantankerous old man. Yeah, and then like you've. Oh, I don't like this shit. <laughs> I'm not coming back. <laughs> yeah, pretty like, and then they they started making jokes about his flying skills, and like even yeah. he got he got in on it. And you had Hayden Christensen, Ian McDiarmid coming uh, coming out. Hayden Christensen obviously played uh, Anakin Skywalker in the prequels, like and obviously like the, yeah. the divided thing. But he got a standing ovation. 
Yes. Which I was, Deserved, I wasn't expecting. Deservedly so. Yeah. Like, because like, so. you could, you could see he was shitting himself. Yeah. Like he was, he did not know what, what kind of voice. reaction he was gonna get. And then, but then he got, he, like he, he did get into it, and it was really nice that he did McDermott there because he McDermott, like, you could just see, like he was just so comfortable. He's just like, I'm the emperor. It doesn't matter. Like, uh, like I'm loved anyway. In McDermott is a stage, the classically trained stage actor. Yeah. So like, and just, and then like they had like the Carrie Fisher tribute, and they got Billy Lord coming out and like and, and stuff like that. So like it was just done. It was done fabulously well because, like, like you see, you see people there like whose parents grew up were kids when Star Wars came out, and that was nineteen seventy seven. Seventy seven, yeah. Seventy yeah, seven was uh, was a new hope. Forty year anniversary. Yeah, nineteen seventy seven, and then there's people like you and me who grew up on the prequels. Yeah, and like, then like you've people like my cousin, like like my cousin's three, and he loves Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. So like you're talking about like, you're, you're, like it's three generations easily of different yeah. people who grew up on Star Wars on completely different films and sa- yeah. like and and sagas, but it's all part of like the one overarching story. And your and cousin he, will have a new trilogy to to, to, to grow up. Yeah. On, so know? like now he's like like he has nine films. Like he watches them. I was like, this kid doesn't know what he, like what he's watching, but he yeah. but he watches them. like like just like for the record, I have I have Star Wars tattoos. He saw them and he knew exactly what they were. Like he saw, he's like oh, like he said he said like Tie Fighter. And I obviously didn't say Tie Fighter, but like he, he like he pointed out that they were the Star Wars ships and stuff like yeah. that. So like it's it's nice that like it's just it's in a, it's in a cyclical nature for like Star Wars fans. That, like every every fifteen years, there's there's new traders, there's new fans and stuff like that. It's, a, it's a, like it's not it's, it's a it's not a fan base that's getting smaller. It's, it's it's getting bigger with every year. The fascinating thing to me is that, like, we're, you know, we're 22, early 20s. Um, my mother, when The Phantom Menace came out, my mother and father were, you know, 24, 25, similar age to us. Yeah. And there was a new trilogy coming out. And now we're this age and there's a new, new trilogy tri- coming out. How long <laughs> will this go on? You know what I mean? Hopefully forever. Until, like, until the day I die. Yeah. But... That's that. I think that's enough gushing over Star Wars for 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 one episode. There will be other episodes, obviously. On to Catherine Bigelow. Yeah, Catherine Bigelow. Which is like this this trailer dropped three four days ago, I believe. It, was, it dropped this week, anyway. RKO out of nowhere. <laughs> I didn't see this coming, and I only. I saw think it I sent it. I sent it. I sent it to you. Did you? I'm pretty sure I did. Ah, doesn't matter. But um, it's it's the, it's called Detroit, and it's based on the Detroit riots of 1967, and. For like people who don't necessarily like watch films, or like they might watch films, but they might know the people behind it. Like Catherine Bigelow, uh, is the well, like one of the best directors working today. Yeah. Like not like it's not even arguably like she's up there with like yeah. she, like. She, she, Oscar winning director. Yeah. Like you have you have the top tier. Like you have like the legendary like Spielberg, Scorsese, um, Coppola, um, Kubrick. You've like you've all the, like the legendary ones, but then Christopher you, Nolan. Not yet. I won't say yet. Christopher Nolan for me. Eh, okay, fine. That's another <laughs> argument for another day. But then, like you've the you you've the you've the one down, which are just like the great directors, like working like mm. working today. You've like James Cameron. You have, um, I would put Christopher Nolan there. I don't. I know you don't, but like mm. it, 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 like I said, it's it, it's an argument for another day. Catherine Bigelow is most definitely most yeah. definitely in there. Like Oscar one director, she won for Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker, yeah, yeah, yeah. and she was nominated for. Zero Dark Thirty. Zero Dark Thirty. Yes. So like, like she knows how she knows how to do tension, obviously, and she's not like, and she just she just seems to just get a grasp for like just like characters within tense situations. She's and also done Point Break. 
Oh yes, yeah. like, we can't forget the one of the yes. all-time class, uh, yeah. 90s classics. I was about to say, yeah, she's a fan of political thrillers. Yes, the best political <laughs> yeah, the thriller. The best of political all. thriller. Yeah. Point blank, Keanu Reeves surfing. <laughs> <laughs> who, who knew he'd blow the lid off the political <laughs> spectrum by surfing? But uh, like you know, everyone has to everyone has to start somewhere, I suppose. And if you start off with Point Break, you know, like you're you're not too far wrong. Yeah. And like, but he, she's established like really really kind of like interesting cast here of like up and coming actors and then kind of like well established character like characters like you have John Boyega who's we've like who's mentioned he's a Star Wars alum he's going to be in obviously the new Jedi and, and stuff like that you've Will Poulter who is eyebrows kid yeah I, eyebrows yeah kid. eyebrows kid um like he's cutting his teeth on a, like on a lot of different things like he's diversifying his things he was in the Revenant as well yeah he was in the Revenant I, yeah but fuck the Revenant <laughs> <laughs> um he what was it? he was in the the Narnia the Narnia film the Don Trader was like yes I don't know how many people have actually seen that film mm-hmm. I haven't seen the film I know he's in it because like I kind of just got bored of them and screw him yeah. um he was in like so like he's done fantasy he's uh di- he was he's good comedic time and he was in Where are the Millers Where are the Millers yeah. good movie yeah yeah it's pretty, it's, it's pretty funny he got his, he got bit on the uh, bit on the testicles but uh, by spider you know like that's that's hard shit to, shit the film no regrets <laughs> yeah no regrets. Um, he was meant to be it. Oh, he fucking looks like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. He no. But he no. He was cast. He was cast for it when Carrie Fukunaga. Fukunaga. Now what? Fukunaga. Carrie Fukunaga. Yeah. Yeah. Because for Carrie Fukunaga was on for for two films, but then, and he brought on Will uh, Will Poulter. One for, of the Skarsgård. Bill Skarsgård. Yeah. Skarsgård. He's the fellow that came on, but Will Poulter was it, and then Carrie Fukunaga left, yes. and then they got they got rid of Will Poulter because it was a different it was different. Uh, different viewpoints yes. I suppose so like like talented people want to work with him Harry mm. Fuganag is like one of the most in demand directors at the moment like he's done True Blood he's done Beast, Beast and All Nations the man knows True Detective sorry did I say True Blood yes about vampires completely different situation <laughs> yeah True Detective although imagine Matthew McConaughey is a vampire that'd be great um, you've got Anthony Mackie now Anthony Mackie's one of my favourite actors because like whatever film you see him in, and he's in a, he's in a lot of things that you won't realise that he's actually yeah. in. Like he's a great character actor. Like he's a very he's very good support like supporting. He blends in and out yeah. of roles really, really, really well. Yeah, like and he, like uh, like the, the whole point of a support actor is to is to like help the lead actors like never, like not to really overshadow them, but like to, like just improve everything. Like yeah. like you work you you work against them and uh, elev- elevates everything. He almost always steals a scene that he's in. Yeah, just like he's very he's very very cool, yeah. very kind of suave yeah. and like he's like he was in he was in Eight, eight Mile, and mm-hmm. um, he's in obviously like the Captain America films. He was even very good in Triple Nine. Didn't like the film too much, but he was very like he was good in it. He had a nice little role as Tupac in the Notorious movie yeah. as well. So like he, like the man like the man's like like he's a very di- diverse actor. So you have him in it, and then you have John Krasinski, John Krasinski from The Office, yes. who is jacked. Did yeah. you see him after thirteen hours? He's a big boy. He's a big boy. He's a big boy. He looked like a fucking nerd in uh, in, in the office. Man, been <laughs> hitting that gym, son. Yeah. So like the one I'm looking forward to though is. Um, I saw in the trailer Jason Mitchell is in. This oh movie. yeah, the guy from uh, Shadow Compton. He I'm... was he play, yeah he played Easy and I thought that year when we were doing our Oscar run, you were convinced. I was convinced that he was going to get an Academy Award nomination for. Best yeah, but Sport apparently Oscar. they don't like black people. Yes, Oscar so that was the year of Oscar yeah. so white, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, that was the year Will Smith just said, "Nah, I'm not going." Yeah, that's cool. No, he, no, he, 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 he was just butter. He didn't get, yeah. he didn't get a nomination. Didn't yeah. deserve it anyway. But that's a, that, that, that's a. Uh, a thing for an, for another day. 
the one thing about Detroit, and I was like, whenever Catherine Bigelow makes a film, or even she she commits to a film, or even shows interest, that um, that immediately raises Oscar alarm bells because Catherine Bigelow doesn't do a lot of films. Like she's yes. very very particular. I think Zero Dark Thirty came out two thousand twelve. Yeah, so yeah. four five years five years ago this five years ago, this yeah. year. So like that was her last that was her last film, and then her lock came out three years before that. She seems almost uh, not. Um, she divorced James Cameron, so she's she's good for money. Yeah, <laughs> but almost in a way, she seems as obsessive as James Cameron is with her scripts. You know, yeah. so it's very she'll, meticulous. She'll pick something that she likes, and then she'll work at it for a couple of years, and then make a fucking exceptional movie. About like, it, you know, like the last two films, like she's she's been nominated and won. Yeah. Like and both films have been up for, um, up for best picture. Yeah. Her locker didn't win that year, did it? No, it no. did not. No. And then uh, she won though. Yeah, she won yeah. for director, and then Kath. Uh, oh no, the Hurt Locker did win best picture that year. Oh, did it? Yes, oh, I okay. think so. It's really hard. To, it's really hard to keep up, especially every year because there's another no. going to it. And the zero that truly lost out to Argo. Yeah, well, fair enough. Yeah, I'd, I I wasn't really fan of Argo. Right, and, I liked it. But um, so like this automatically kind of puts it. In the conversation before the trailer came out, it was it was already Oscar buzz because yeah, like Bigelow. it's Catherine Catherine Bigelow and like the, the very young cast and like just the, like the subject matter because like the Oscars like like they love period pieces mm. and now we'll see we'll see how how the movie pans out because like it's it's not it hasn't hit the the festival cir- circuits yet but yeah. maybe like she won't even, she'll skip the the circus altogether and just go look here's my movie. And we'll see. We'll, we'll yeah. see how it goes. So it'll be interesting. But like, you can almost pick a house on it that she's going to be down for best director, probably best film at the end of the year. But we did say that about Martin Scorsese this year for Silence. Silence. That was single handedly the most boring movie I've ever seen in my life. But we did say that it was going to be up for it before we saw it. Yes. So we, we might did. be. So, yeah. so we. So we might be wrong. Never but, know. So, but we'll we'll keep our ears to the ground. Next topic is. Beauty and the Beast crosses $1 billion at the box office. What a magical film this is. What a magical, truly magical, splendid, just all-around wonderful time at the movies this is. This is why we go to the movies, okay? Because yeah. you go in and the Disney logo starts with the Pinocchio music and you're like, fucking yeah, give me more of this. Was, you, was, you that I was, telling you, was it you that I was saying to that? That's, yeah, you, oh, sorry, you already said the Pinocchio music. I said that to... When you wish upon us. Yeah. It's like, People I said that, don't notice yeah, I said that to Tommy. Tommy lost his shit. Really? Yeah, I didn't know. Mind you, I didn't know until like two years ago. But still, you know. But I, but I know now, so I can give yeah. out to people. But um, yeah, it's like, and then it kind of pans out, and then it's actually the the castle from Beauty and the Beast. Oh, like it was, it, it was done very beautiful. well. Phil Condon, art direction, set pieces. That it's a beautiful, beautiful movie. Like obviously, it has some flaws. General, you know, it, I didn't enjoy it as much as the Jungle Book. But it was amazing. Yeah. See, I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it as much as you did, though. Because like you came yes. out, it was like you were like it was magical, it was lovely, and stuff mm. like that. Like I don't know, like there was definitely parts to it that I went, yes, like they have it nailed. Like uh, Luke Evans as Gaston, uh, Josh Gad as LeFou. The casting was amazing. Like, uh, like, cause uh, like I said to a few people, it's like, oh, Emma Watson's gonna be gonna be Belle. And I was really excited about it, and I was like, really? And I was just like. What the, what the hell's wrong with that and then like obviously like like people go I was like oh what about Jennifer Lawrence I was like fuck Jennifer Lawrence like, why the hell would you yeah. why would you throw her into it like she does not fit Emma Watson literally looks like a princess yeah and like she like she she's ta- like she's ridiculously talented like she's really she's really elegant and very well spoken and poised like you know like she, she she lends so much to the already like 
uh, full character of of Belle and kind of just gives it like a new like I would of, not only marry look. her as Belle I would marry her yeah she just is a princess just in just in real life like I remember I said to my cousin before I was like oh yeah me and uh, me and Spanish went to we went to see Beauty and the Beast we want to see what it was like and she was like really <laughs> and I was just like yeah it's like yeah why it's just like what just the two is like two lads gone I was just like yeah what's your point what's wrong and she's like I don't know do you not feel that's a bit weird I was just like absolutely goddamn not I was like no I was like I, I, I felt like I knew what I knew what she was getting at but I wanted to make her feel uncomfortable I was just like <laughs> no what are you talking about I don't know I, I don't understand I have an interesting question for you yes this is the first movie of the year to cross a billion dollars yeah won't be the last what will be the next one Fast Furious Fast Furious out this weekend that's definitely gone. the last two films have crossed a billion dollars goddamn and then uh, I can actually tell you I'm just not a fan of this franchise I just uh, yeah, it has a thing uh, Transformers is going to be next when um, is that out? Summer. Okay. If Wonder Woman's good, it will go close, but it won't cross it. I don't, uh, definitely won't. Guardians of the Galaxy is on track for 150 million opening weekend. So I think Guardians will. I don't think Spider-Man no, will. No, they won't. Uh, and I don't think Thor will, but I think Justice Guardians League might if it's good. If, if it's, it's good. If it's good. Not great, if it's good. I and then Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars, obviously. I think Star Wars could potentially break Titanic or Avatar. Uh, no, it could break The Force Awakens. Oh, okay. I'm not sure if it'll break Avatar or that, but... We'll get, we'll get to it. It may reach the pinnacle yeah. of Force Awakens. Well, like, and like how, like, how many of these films are Disney films? <laughs> like, Guardians of the Galaxy and Star Wars yeah. and, like, and Beauty and the Beast. No. Now, like, like, Beauty and the Beast was not, like... It was a well-known fact that it was going to be... Like, even when they, when they announced that they were going to do it after the success of Jungle Book... It's like that's gonna make that's just gonna it's gonna be a license to print money. Everyone knew it's gonna be that was gonna cross a billion dollars. The yeah. question was, is like how much over a billion dollars is it gonna make? Yeah, what do you think? I'll probably end up at like 1.2. I don't think it'll go to, I don't think it'll go, it won't go to 1.5. No, I don't think so. Um, because it's, I mean, it, 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 it's losing its legs already, it's kind of scrambling over the billion dollar mark yeah. at the moment. So, you know, especially now with Fast and Furious coming out, or Fate of Fear, or whatever the fuck it's called, Fate 8, whatever the fuck, um, that will definitely slow it down yeah. a lot. And then, like, and then you've got his Galaxy in two weeks as well. Guardians so, Galaxy like, it's, yeah, in two weeks. It, it, it's gone into it, yeah. but like, and, it, but might, that's it might like, even just end up at like 1.1, 1. 1. 1. 1, yeah. you know? It I would have, I'd like to see that it would go over what well, Iron Man got, which was 1.3. Yeah. yeah. Cause like you had the nostalgic factor of every, like, mm. cause like everyone w- was going out to see this. Yeah. Like, mom's daughters, cousins, uh, was it brothers, sons, dads, whatever. Every everyone was going to see it because Same because way, yeah. like everyone kind of grew up on on the nineties. But maybe maybe it's not as many people wanted to repeat it. They just saw it and got, it was amazing. Yeah, that believe it at that. But we'll we'll see it. Like, cause like it could hold. It could like it could plateau and kind of just. Just keep on hobbling. Yeah, like it's it, it, I think it's possible. It, I think to be honest, I think it'll lose its legs now with Fast and Furious and Guardians coming out. Yeah, ah, sure look. But anyway, it's 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 made back. It, let's just say it's made its budget. It's made its budget back. Yeah, onto another trailer. This one's this one's interesting. It's a trailer for Hit the Hitman's Bodyguard, which for people who mightn't have seen it, it's a movie starring Samuel L. Jackson and Ryan uh, Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Samuel Jackson plays 
from the trailer seems to be like the most uh, the most wanted deadly assassin on the planet and it's for so- Samuel L. Jackson playing Samuel, Samuel L. Jackson. Jackson and Ryan Reynolds playing Deadpool again which a, isn't necess- as a cop it's not necessarily a bad thing but then for some reason the most deadly and most wanted uh, bodyguard or assassin in the world needs a bodyguard which you know the premise you're kind of like oh, okay weak premise but okay premise and overall trailer to be honest I think it's going to be shit but it's going to be popcorn shit like you know you're, got, you're going to enjoy it it's the two leads and their comedic timing and their chemistry together that will make it watchable and will make it enjoyable that's yeah. what I think but I think it's going to be shit yeah it's like it's probably it's like it's not going to do great it's kind of, do you know what it kind of if it, or it kind of feels like it kind of feels like the the cheaper version of the nice guys yeah yeah like and for anyone who hasn't seen the nice guys just go see the fucking nice guys yeah like and you'll get you'll get a flavor you'll get a flavor for it kind of just kind of seems like the mm. kind of seems like the aldi version of of, of the nice guys yeah don't that's not aldi though I don't know. I'm not gonna, no, but like it could, like the film could be, it could be good. But that's just yeah. the feeling that, I'm, like that, like that I'm getting. It could be, could be cheaper, but it could be better. I mean, like you, you never know. But and like, it, like the, the comedic timing comes, it comes across a good bit in the film. Also, the amount of times that Samuel L. Jackson says mother between the two of them say motherfucker. Yeah, and like, they kind of allude to it in the trailer, saying it's like yeah. he single handedly ruined the word motherfucker. I enjoyed that, but I'm also concerned that all the funny bits were in the trailer. You know. With them two as leads, I would be very, uh, I'd be very reluctant to uh, to suggest that because they're just like uh, like, he's the king of improv. Yes. So like it's there's gonna there's gonna be other jokes in it, but like as a, as an overall story, I don't know. We'll 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 see see how it goes. Yeah. The next story is actually it's an it's an in, it's an interesting one because you haven't seen it and I haven't seen it actually in a long a long time. But there's a lot of a lot of love for the original movie, which is uh, Labyrinth, which is. Uh, David Bowie, David Bowie, and your one from Requiem for a Dream, and they, Jennifer Connelly. Yeah, Jennifer Connelly. She's she's the young kid in it, uh, and like obviously David Bowie is the, uh, as the Goblin King. Mm-hmm. Now the new news, or like the the new news, the news coming out now is that they're going to make uh, a rebookal. Yeah, or, or yeah, screw it, a rebookal or a requel. With like, and they say that it's not a reboot uh, and it's not a, it's not a sequel, but it's set in the universe of Labyrinth. Which is like okay, but and who was doing it, Stephen? That's the interesting thing. It's it's a it's a fella called Fede Alvarez, like a Uruguayan director. The reason this may this is interesting is because Fede Alvarez has cut his teeth on uh, a lot of a lot of horror. Like he did he did the, the the Evil Dead remake, which apparently like a lot of people are kind of like oh I don't know because Sam Raimi did the original Evil Dead trilogy. Mm. And the people was like, oh, I don't know, like, I don't know how I feel about this because, like, there's so much love for the original. But apparently it was actually quite good yeah. for what it, for, like, for what it was. Obviously it doesn't, doesn't hit the, hit, hit the peak of what people wanted, but, like, it's still a very, very solid, uh, solid horror film. Yes. But then his last film came out last year, which was, uh, Don't Breathe. Don't Breathe, yes. Which took kind of the horror scene by storm, like, it just kind of, like, it was just, it was one of the best horror films to come out last year. And last year was a particularly strong year for horror you've got I've been on quite a horror buzz lately and uh, the the movies that came out last year like Conjuring 2 you've Conjuring 2 you've Lights Out Don't Breathe Get Out Get Out as well like you've like like, because horror like good horror films are like a diamond they're like they're a diamond dozen very very hard hard to find because they're just so cheap to make that everyone makes them yes so when so like when it's good it like it really takes off and you've like you've four very very good films that came out last year but he's been in he's been tapped 
tapped to direct a lot of like different films. Like uh, he was uh, like he was on like different lists. He was on the he was on a few of um, Warner Brothers lists for some of the for some of the, the comic book films. Yes, and like just so like a lot of different thing, a lot of different companies want uh, want to work with him. So like the world is his oyster. He can pick and he can pick and choose what he wants. But it's interesting that he picked Labyrinth. Because yeah. like it's a it's a pre existing it's a pre existing uh, property it hasn't been touched in twenty years, uh, thirty more, years. Yeah. I can't uh, for the life of me I can't remember when it when it initially came out. And there's a lot you can actually do in this because like it's like they they are messing with, like obviously like Dave Bowser the, the Goblin King and then like you have like all the 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 pup the the pup goblins and like it's a lot of. It's a lot of mythology and stuff like that that he can he can create himself and kind of thrive on because of his horror background. Like not like the the new film might necessarily be horror, but you know you can have your horror elements and you can kind of like uh, kind of mess around with it. So like mm-hmm. it does give me a lot of confidence for the project because like he could have done anything. Yes, but he picks this. That's his next. His next, I think this is his next film, or it's the film after whatever whatever film he's currently. Well, directors doing. directors pick whatever movies that interest them, and you know stories that they'd like to tell. Like so he could have went for the big big paycheck and went for Water Brothers. I trust directors who go with something that they might feel is a passion project for them, and that's that's what I like. And the best person that we that we're gonna move on to next, the best person for that is Guillermo del Toro. Damn straight. <laughs> he is this man. Oh, just, by the way, thirty one years old. Uh, Labyrinth came out in 1986. Really? Yep. Yeah, sweet. Well, 30 years ago, yeah, it was fairly close enough. Guillermo del Toro is probably, he's one, of, he's one of the more interesting directors in Hollywood at the moment because, like, he's known for horror and he, like, he's known for his monsters. Like, Pan's Labyrinth is one of my, is one of my favourite films of all time, without a doubt. And it's just the way, like, the way he makes, he, the way he makes his monsters because a lot of this was, is predominantly done with prosthetics. Like, he, yes. like the man loves, loves monsters. And like just the things that come from his head just should not come from any human being because they're so they're like they're so fucked up. But he's actually but he's known as one of the nicest people in Hollywood. Yeah. And he was doing an interview with Collider there uh, last last week, and he said that he was brought in for talks with Lucasfilm, which are, which is the company that does uh, Star Wars, and like they were talking about ideas. What would you feel like? Would you feel like he would do well with a Star Wars film, or would you rather him do his own thing, like make his up his make his up his own movies? If he were to do a Star Wars film, it would be a bombastic one. Yeah, it would be a you know Pacific Rim esque, major scale like explosions and monsters and shit. Um, and I'm not sure who or what character he would do. To be honest with you, he expressed interest in Jabba the Hutt. That's now like, weird. Not for him though. That's weird. Not for him, because like he, lo- he, he like he deals in monsters. If you go yeah. into if you go into Jab- like uh, Jabba the Hutt's palace and like in in the original yeah. things, there's a lot of monsters there. Could he make a Jabba the Hutt horror gangster movie? Yeah, right? because Jabba the yeah. Hutt's are gangsters yeah. in Star Wars. Yeah, like like and Jabba the Hutt is like he's he's the head of the the Hutt clan. He's like he's Don Corleone yes. of Star of Star Wars. So like, could you imagine mm. like a gangster film with monsters? Which would be down his alleyway, down his particular path. Mm. But I don't know if Star Wars, if Kathleen Kennedy, who runs who runs Lucasfilm, would be willing to like give him the, the, the freedom yeah. to do what he does best. Yeah. And I don't think, I don't like, if, and if he wasn't given the full freedom to do it, I don't think he'd do it. 
with these major studio films, you know, there is a lot of studio interference and they won't be able to do their full, they won't be able to put their full vision into practice, but, you know, enough. I think they'll come to a compromise if yeah. they really want to do something, you know. But like, I, like, I think it's just like, it's a very, it's a very specific, like it's a specific area that he would succeed in, in yeah. Star Wars, because like he won't, I don't think he'd be able to like do the stories with with Ray and Finn and stuff like that. I actually think he'd be more suited to maybe doing like kind of like a mini series, like which is smaller and bu- smaller in budget, but like you know, smaller budget, the more freedom that you can that he can do it. So like maybe like a mini series of like six episodes of like doing something yeah. with Star Wars. Now Star Wars hasn't gone into live action television, but that's kind of one of the things that's being brought up today or not today, like but over over the weekend is like what they what Star Wars might do over the next couple of years like will they break into live action start like live action television shows and stuff like that so like it's i had an interesting idea that maybe they could do um similar to true detective or american horror story they could do say with netflix or anything really uh star wars anthology series with focusing on one specific thing each series so like they could do these things that fans want like Night to the Old Republic or Thrawn. You are not. You're not. You're not going to get an Old Republic and just like it just to accept those man. That was six films. Like that is like <laughs> that is that that is ten years of work. Like you yeah. will not appease everybody with six episodes of yeah. the Old Republic. That is just that. That's just that's just a no go. But I do understand what you're talking yeah. about. Like like with kind of just like smaller characters. Like just like not even elsewhere things, but like just it's like what well, everything here is going on. Here's a little story about what's going on over here. Yeah. So like, and the stuff like, like just to kind of just populate, like the different little things that people can kind of dip in, dip out. Or it's like, oh, do I have to see this to see this? It's like, no, it's its, it's its own story. All you have to know is that it's Star Wars. So it's it it it'll be an interesting situation to see him in, or even just kind of just see him as a producer, kind of just giving ideas, or even just give him a notepad and just let him draw monsters for you for Star Wars. <laughs> I think he'd be just as happy doing yeah. that, to be honest. Yeah. Ugh. Sorry. Does that wrap everything up for today? Now I want. I think it does. Yeah, I was quite ha- quite happy that we got through everything, and we got a Star Wars trailer, which was great. Right, slap bang in the middle. Like that's always that's always a good day. In my uh, good day in my books. And now because it's Good Friday, and because you're not allowed to eat meat and uh, have alcohol, we're gonna go back to my house, and we're gonna have alcohol, and we're gonna have meat. <laughs> so, that sounds like a great plan to me. So uh, just uh, Steve Flanagan signing off. Spanish. Carlos signing off. Also, toodaloo.